So I'm sitting by the pool drinking my hot cafe mocha reading the Talmud the other day. Oh, yeah. And do your dirty work of going and complaining to yeah. somebody for you ain't going to happen. No. I'm feeling like the third bird dog. <laughs> you, you have babe. to be excommunicated uh-huh. out of relationship. And, and stuck in a basement. This message sucks. stinks. <laughs> There's explicit right there. Welcome to the club of the initiated man. You better not be recording this or I'm never walking with you again. Oh, there we go. Got a sassy brunette. You know, do something, do anything, but just don't sit there. Hey, don't you have something better to do? You've stumbled on the Invisible Humanitarian Podcast from Prince Edward Island on the east coast of Canada, where we discuss hiking, culture, life, theology, running, stories, West Africa, books, you name it. Well, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing, Milton? Doing good. Do you have your microphone on? I hope so. I yeah. Clipped on. I don't yeah. Know. Yeah. You're on. on. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. Um, anyways, we're on a, a little lower tech than my studio setup uh, on my smartphone this morning. Mm-hmm. But uh, Milton's back from Edmonton, and we're just spending a little time in vacation. And I was reading a verse this morning that says, "My heart is confident, God. My heart is confident. I will sing." I will sing praises. And uh, and then you mentioned a song when you woke up this morning. You said, hey, have you ever heard this song that fear is a, a what? Fear is a liar. It's a Zach, <laughs> Zach Williams song. Yeah. Tell me about it. Well, I'll just, I'll just read you some of the, some of the verse here. Uh, when he told you you're not good enough, when he told you you're not right, when he told you you're not strong enough to put up a good fight, uh, when he told you you're not worthy, when he told you you're not loved, when he told you you're not beautiful, you'll never be enough. Fear is a liar. He, he will take your breath, stop you in your tracks. Fear is a liar. He will rob you of your rest. He will steal your happiness. Cast your fear in, uh, cast your fear in the fire, because fear is a liar. Uh, I can read the next little bit. Uh, uh, when he told you you were troubled, when he, you'll forever be alone. When he told you you should run away, you'll never find a home. When he told you you were dirty and you should be ashamed. Uh, when he told you you could be the one that grace could never change. Hmm. Uh, fear is a liar. He will take your breath, stop you in your tracks. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and you were uh, Milton. Uh, he's been on a show with us before on the podcast, and uh, he's uh, you're a you're a clinical Clin- clinical social worker. social worker. Yeah. So, um, and you were saying to me that uh, that by far the largest uh, volume of people that you have in your practice, not just for yourself, but the whole staff you work yeah. with, yeah, hundred and twenty doctors, yeah, is fear, and yeah. that's your major issue you're dealing with is fear. Yeah, fear. Yeah, well, yeah. they call it anxiety. Yeah, that's yeah. the clinical yeah. description. But it is fear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 uh, you want to talk about like what are some of the triggers? What's the source of it? What's it directed towards? <laughs> you know, uh, t- tell me what you're seeing. Uh, yeah. With you know, not a confidential thing, but in no. general. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we're. I mean, it it covers the past because people fear. Oh, what did you know? What did so and so think of me? Uh, what? How did I come across? Yeah. Um, are you gonna adjust? Yeah, that? I'm just gonna put you up a little higher because I think yeah. I'm louder than. 
louder than you are, but okay, no big deal. You just keep telling okay. me. I'll get this fixed up here. Yeah, and um, so people also fear their current circumstances. Of course, with COVID and everything, of course, everything has been accentuated because people's, you know, so if they were fearful before, now they're even more fearful, <laughs> fearful of their health, fearful yeah. of their jobs, fearful of their family. Mm -hmm. So it's a very dominant theme right now mm -hmm. in uh, in our clinic, and uh, so lots of people coming in, and it's uh, it's interesting because of course there's the world has treatment for anxiety. The most common forms of treatment are one called CBT, which is basically how to how to change your thoughts. Uh, uh, so that your feelings change, how to change your behaviors and thoughts, and that affects your feelings. But you're basically, in the humanistic perspective, you're on your own. Mm. So the idea of casting your cares on the Lord is never comes up, right? <laughs> right. And yeah, so, just cha change the way you think about it and try to fool yourself. That's right. Or, <laughs> or, yeah, or trick the yourself other right, yeah. One that we use uh, in our clinic is called acceptance and commitment therapy, and that's an interesting one because it it's value driven. So you basically uh, are driven by values. Now in in the world, of course, now everybody makes their own values. They determine mm -hmm. it's not God's absolute values that mm -hmm. He gives us through the Scripture. It's whatever you whatever is important or valuable to you. Then you let that drive you. So. I find it interesting as a Christian because, of course, I can make the jump over to the Lord's values mm -hmm. and and believe that very strongly that if you follow the Lord's values and let those guide you, you will be on a much better path. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the fact that he's actually alive and can help us with our anxiety, right? So mm -hmm. those are... Uh, so I actually enjoy doing that class and I get, you know, I'm able to introduce some of the faith perspective in there just by sharing my own mm -hmm. stories and things like that. Mm. Um, but if it is a very real thing. It's very powerful for people. They feel alone. And, and if you don't believe that there is a God that cares for you, then you kind of are alone, right, yeah. in your mind. And yeah, because all you got is just this little yeah. bit of stuff around me, so, and obviously it's not yeah. working for me, and there's nothing else. Yeah. So, just, so, it, so in a sense, I mean, I guess you could say that it kind of makes sense that people would be afraid, right? They mm -hmm. would be fearful. They would be anxious because how do they handle what's gone on in the past? How do they handle what they're facing now? How do they handle the future? Uh, and the answer is, the real answer is that without the Lord, you, you know, you won't be able to handle that stuff well, and you may not be able to handle it at all because you were never meant to handle it on your own, right? Mm -hmm. So there's this God-sized hole in people's hearts and and it affects their peace, it affects their ability to... So, mm. yeah, but I think the fear is a liar is a, is an important one because there is a, a real... Uh, the devil is real mm -hmm. and he really is planting those seeds of doubt and, you know, uh, unworthiness into people and we all, at some point, will struggle with those feelings, right? So, mm -hmm. then what do you do with them? Mm -hmm. Do you do you believe them, or do you give it to the Lord and ask Him? You know, like Bre my wife Brenda and I were talking yesterday about our, some of our regrets with our kids. You know, mm -hmm. not having been more attentive to them when they were younger, and building in, you know, the importance of faith 
by by focusing on them and mm -hmm. instead of focusing on our ministries to other people, mm -hmm. which was obviously is a yeah. good thing to focus on others. But if you forget your own family, that's not such a good idea. And mm -hmm. that's kind of what we did. Mm -hmm. So we were, you know, we were talking about, well, it's a terrible feeling inside when you realize that you've screwed up in that way. But what do you do with that feeling? And of course, the only real answer, or the forgiven. best answer, is yeah. to accept that God has forgiven you, yeah. acknowledge that, okay, we did screw up, and and then move on and try to do better going forward, right? Yeah, yeah. take new steps today. Yeah. You don't have to break break the old cycle and mm -hmm. say, okay, well, it, yeah. it was what it was with the best knowledge, wisdom, and insight that I had in the day. And, uh, and yeah, I look back and now it failed, but, uh, yeah. uh, or it, it wasn't where it should have been, but now with my new wisdom from God, my new insight, so today I'm going to act on the, on the better things from this day forward, right? Yeah. How, how, how do, or when people come in, I, I mean, I, I, I know if I was to come into you, into your office mm -hmm. and say, and you say, well, you know, or how's things going? You know, what's, uh, you know, what brings you here or whatever? Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I, I would, I would have ever come in. Like I'm thinking 20 years ago, if I ever came into, to a, a psychologist like you, yeah. would I have ever even used the word fear? I don't think I would say, oh, I'm here because I'm afraid. I, I, I probably might've used the word stress. I'm stressed out. I'm stressed out. But what what when they come, when people come to you for help, how are they articulating the fact like uh, that they're it's I don't even say well I'm full of anxiety. Would they even articulate it? That I can't even no, imagine. No, they how do, do they articulate they what's going articulate on? Articulate exactly like you suggested and say I'm stressed. I'm okay. stressed by this. I'm stressed by that. And you say what are the three major uh, you know, that's one of my standard questions is what are the three, which by the way, I just have to correct, I'm not a psychologist, mm -hmm. but anyway, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, we would ask them, what are the three biggest challenges you're facing right now? Mm -hmm. And what's, what's keeping you awake at night? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and so, then they'll, yeah. they'll tell you what the things are. And then it either is anxiety or it, or it could be depression where people are just become yeah. hopeless, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes they're like cousins. We say that anxiety and depression are cousins because they like to hang out together <laughs> after you've been anxious for a long time. It, it kind of gets to the into that sense of hopelessness. <clears throat> or some people don't have the anxiety, but they just feel hopeless. Right? Mm, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. And uh, and if, when you ask them what's keeping you awake at night, what do you find is the what are is there like if, if there was if there was five six or ten that you could name off the top mm -hmm. which would you know what would be the top two or three that just seem to be the ones that are screaming out at this time and in the area where you're living and working what what's the screaming one well screaming for anxiety ones. one of the screaming ones is the switch so the switch means i can't shut it off right so those thoughts are spinning around in my head and i can't i can't I can't shut them down. I'm not sleeping because I can't shut it off at night. Mm. And so, you know, it takes me three or four hours to get to sleep, for example. That's one mm. of the common ones. <laughs> or I'm waking up through the night and I'm thinking about it and I can't get back to sleep. So mm -hmm. their sleep is affected. Their relationships are usually involved. Mm -hmm. And sometimes their sense of purpose is like, it, dep it depends on the, the situation of the person. But... Mm -hmm. uh, for like for people that are, uh, we do some work with uh, people that are retiring or retired and things like that. So there's a sense some in some people if they haven't planned for emotionally for retirement, mm -hmm. 
uh, they're not ready. They don't have things that they can do. Yeah, and I was an they, engineer my all, all my yeah, life, creating so their, things, their fixing things. Yeah, their sense of identity and purpose <laughs> is wrapped up in that, yeah. and then they they really struggle to yeah. recreate or reinvent themselves in as a retired person. So, mm. yeah, that's that's one. But that's not as common. Most of the people we see are not yet retired. They're mm -hmm. working age. And some of them will be so debilitated by it that they're not able to function well. So they don't work mm -hmm. or they, you know, like a lot of people will yeah. have fear around work, yeah. either fear of losing it and then they it kind of becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because they're not showing up because they're worried they might get fired and then of course they get fired because <laughs> they're not showing up. So it's a, a vicious yeah. cycle. Yeah. 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 So um, uh, do you find... Uh, do you find uh, a lot of the stress or anxiety is is based around careers um, or relationships? Oh, more, much more around relationship. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I think so. They, in the end, they, in the end, that's what life is, right? Is yeah. relationship with God, relationship with others. Mm -hmm. Uh, although they they may not know it, like you were saying, they just know they're feeling stressed and overwhelmed. Those are the dominant expressions that people come in with, and then you say, "Well, did you realize you scored as severe on the for anxiety?" And they're like, "Well, no, but it kind of makes sense, right?" <laughs> so then that's when you can get into, "Well, then what do you do about that?" And yeah, yeah, that's good. I, I can imagine sitting in your office and the being told, "You scored a home run on the anxiety chart." <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. I did the the one yeah. home run I might not have wanted to score. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. so uh, you know is there um, so when you send them home if somebody comes to you the first day what 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 would be a typical first first session assignment that you'd send them home with? Well, my in my work uh, most of the time we're not uh, we're not necessarily taking them on as a patient. Yeah, you're screening for treatment. Yeah. We're doing more of an assessment to say what is going on yeah. with you, yeah, right. and then we make a plan together. So that's yeah. sort of the first session. It's just sort of okay. I guess I might be dealing with an anxiety problem here in one area, or yeah, you're trying to generalize anxiety disorder, and that's yeah. a common one. And then you say, well, and what does a person with that do? You know, mm -hmm. you can take these medications and they can help, but, you know, you have to talk to your doctor or if there's a question about is there something else that's a, a deeper thing, like we get a lot of people that have been, had trauma in their lives and, mm -hmm. uh, and then the trauma kind of makes them more susceptible to getting, to being anxious and getting depressed and mm -hmm. things like that. So... Uh, sometimes we'll have to do a little bit more assessment, send them to the psychiatrist, and they get a, mm -hmm. a higher level evaluation kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there, we do send them home with practical hints yeah. as well. And yeah. So there's there's different things. There's one there's some online stuff that people find helpful. Uh, one of them is called the Mood Gym, which is out of uh, a university in Australia. And uh, that's sort of for depression type stuff. And then uh, the other one is uh, called Anxiety Canada. Now mm -hmm. it used to be have a different name, but that's an online thing where you can kind of work on strategies to help with your anxiety. Mm -hmm. And books, we usually recommend some books that mm -hmm. they can look at if they're readers or. Yeah. And then 
different things like we uh, we offer some group treatment stuff like classes or groups for anxiety and depression and sometimes we'll refer them to that or if they have the means uh, then they can go to a private psychologist or mm -hmm. do individual therapy some of them have what's called an EAP plan which means employee assistance program and they can access counseling through their like at their employer's yeah. expense, right? Yeah, yeah. But guys like you that are self-employed, you don't have those kind of benefits. So mm -hmm. there's lots of people that would fall through the cracks if you don't offer something. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm i the guy that, oh, if I want to go see the psychologist, I'd have to, oh, I have to catch another pan of lobsters today to pay for that. Well, yeah, it's, I don't know what it yeah. is in PEI, but it's, Fish it's, harder. it's two, 200 bucks an hour. Oh, so, yeah, And yeah. it's a 50-minute hour, so... yeah. It's a pricey thing to go yeah. to a private psychologist. Yeah. So, so when people do go to a psychologist, do, 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 do you know, I, I, you know, just on an average, do you think, you know, that when people go, uh, the average would, you know, two, three, four sessions, and usually they 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 feel like they've got some direction to help them out, or does it, you know, is that do 50% of the people fall into a two or three or four session category, or is it more like 80% of people who go to, to seek out this 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 more um, uh, technical and, and, and scholarly help ends up, no, no, it's usually a 10 session or a 15 session thing before. Uh, do you, would you have an idea about that? Well, So if somebody was to undertake yeah. this and they go, oh, well, you know, well, I can't commit to 20 sessions, yeah. But no, most people go for two or three or four, and and that that yeah. really really helps to eliminate or mm -hmm. or get them on a path that deals with seventy percent of what they're dealing with. Well, yeah. So my I don't know. It's I don't know the official yeah. statistics, no, no, but my impression from just years of experience is that most people get what they're going to get within a few sessions. Okay. And most counselors offer what they have to offer within a few sessions. So right. The only exception to that would be trauma therapy, which currently takes a long time, maybe yeah. two, three years or yeah, a year yeah. at least. And that's a different... That's well, a well different you're dealing with people who are still bleeding from the a very major, major that's issue. That's right. Like yeah. emotionally or, or mentally. Yeah. to getting injured again yeah. in that way. So, yeah. But that's different. I would say for the vast majority of people, they get some... In fact, my own real experience is that when they come and see us and they get an assessment, they say, oh, shit. You know, that's what I'm dealing with. It's anxiety, and here's what I can do. I can read this book. I can go online yeah. and do this app. And they already go home and, more and cheerful. They go home, <laughs> they go home, and they're on the path. Yeah, They're already yeah. on the path because people yeah. don't want to be miserable, and yeah. if they find out there's something they can do about it. Yeah, they just couldn't articulate it, and you yeah. help them to get eyes to see it that's and a right. voice to articulate it, so now they know what sources mm -hmm. or resources they need to tap into. That's right. Yeah, well, yeah that's people are pretty resourceful. Yeah, uh, but yeah, they just need to get pointed in the right direction. Yeah. I think that's for most people now. If you have severe anxiety and yeah, it's yeah. disabling you from yeah, and well, there's, there's and there's chemical stuff too. That that's a whole different ball game. Yeah, you could have a physical. Bio, yeah, yeah, there's something we call um, endogenous depression and anxiety, mm. which is just a fancy word that means it runs in your family. It's mm -hmm. part of your genetics, and it, it doesn't mean you definitely will be depressed, but you have a greater likelihood because mm -hmm. your brain doesn't produce enough of mm -hmm. there's three chemicals in mm -hmm. there that 
that yeah. we need to be serotonin and dopamine and yeah, yeah. And <laughs> what's the other yeah that's epinephrine, right yeah i couldn't yeah. remember the last yeah. one that's funny that those are pretty good uh, you oh, too, uh, oh see see i i, I self-help and self-medicate myself all the time <laughs> self-diagnose too yeah and my wife doesn't always agree with my diagnosis of myself <laughs> <laughs> but I, I i'm clear as to what my problems are she just doesn't always agree <laughs> no but uh yeah. well that's good i think i think uh, i think just you know having having that articulated that uh, that you know if somebody just feels like they just need somebody to talk to to yeah. to get some clarity or whatever that that you know go go once go yeah. twice yeah. uh you know don't go with this idea that i have to have a 12 session laborious no. thing that no. that one or two sessions it might be a worthwhile it investment to help yeah. and i think the other piece too yeah. just to loop it back around with what we were talking about which yeah. is that fear is a liar mm. is that you see these things from their real origin that it is Satan's goal to throw you off, to keep you away from God, yeah, to discourage keep you, you from get, yeah. the hope that He offers. Because mm -hmm. we can't create our own hope. Mm -hmm. You know, hope yeah. comes from God. Yeah. And and so whether you have a clinical depression or not, we need the Lord. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's the piece that is missing in all the profe Like in my profession, there's probably not a lot of people that. Are people of faith and want to help people to get like to open that up because it's yeah. kind of a taboo yeah. to even bring it up and say well what's your faith and how's you know how's that doing I actually do ask that question mm -hmm. uh, not in an invasive like you have to come to my church kind of way no. but, uh, but, in a but way the, to find out yeah. how are you doing spiritually yeah. and is that yeah, because you know, it might be something that's on their radar. They've been thinking about. They might have to deal with anyway. So yeah, it is a part of yes. of of, of, of hum, our human being, right? Our it, human it self. It definitely is. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes we uh, underplay and the, that. And the root cause of fear. Yeah, right? it's, yeah. it's a root cause. It's, yeah, it was interesting. I I was just I was doing a YouTube video, uh, an exegetical study on Colossians chapter one, and uh, in that passage, you know, Paul writes about the Colossians there, and he says, you know, how. Uh, he heard he had never been to that church, but uh, but uh, he got a report and he says, you know, I have heard, I have heard about your uh, your faith in Christ. Mm -hmm. Okay, not just any faith, but your faith in Christ, and then your love for all of the saints and uh, the holy ones on the path of with Christ, and uh, and of your hope, um, uh, hope that that comes from the uh, from the word of or the word of the gospel it says mm. and so you know we see that right there in the first chapters that I've heard of your faith hope and love yeah. and uh, it was interesting because if uh, when you look at the Greek structure there too is 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 uh, we said we've heard of your faith um, you know your love for all the saints and your hope I think it's a new international version that I said that is springs from um, that springs from the word of truth, which is the logos, is the Greek word. The logos, being Jesus, is the logos mm -hmm. of John chapter one. It's the the ultimate person of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Mm -hmm. And so the hope is sourced in the logos, or Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. the Son of God, right? And that seems to be what what fuels, um, according to Paul, that's what fuels their love for all the saints. Mm -hmm. That enables them to, to to express that, and that's what fuels their faith in Christ because they've seen something in, 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 in the message, the gospel of Christ mm -hmm. that, that gives that hope and then that fuels all of the good fruit and all yeah. of the, you know, the, the, the confidence, you know, like, like this, this, this passage we read here, you know, uh, my heart is confident. Mm -hmm. uh, God, that's my heart is confident. Yeah. I will sing. I will mm -hmm. sing, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and that's, that's there. Yeah. It so. is. Yeah. And it, it, it I mean, it, 
basically, you know, why are we have an, ep an ep epidemic of, of anxiety in the world, of mm -hmm. fear? It's because people have lost their connection mm -hmm. with God and yeah. their connection with hope, with love. Mm -hmm. With forgiveness, right? So yeah. lots of that. It, lots of that anxiety is driven by the fact they have, like I was saying earlier, Brennan and I know we've screwed up as parents, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but for people that don't have forgiveness and know that they have forgiveness, then you're just yeah. left with it as yeah. a regret. And we're not in a culture that that articulates that forgiveness, right? You know, very no. much, right? No. <laughs> we, we're great at articulating hate and failure, but not so yeah. great at and articulating and guilt. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, I. But those are prisons for people, and yeah. I think to know that there's true freedom in mm -hmm. Christ. I think that's the boat. I mean, mm -hmm. I'd love to be able to say we could just offer that when people come in with mental health issues, mm -hmm. but you know, we're not always free other than exploring how are you doing spiritually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it is a legitimate question, but if they don't want to go there, you can't go there, no, right? No, you can't make yeah, them. No, know. exactly. Yeah. 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 No, well, that's, yeah. that's, that's interesting because, uh, you know, I, we were talking, I don't know if it was this morning or last night too, but, how, you know, like how our culture and our society has changed, like, uh, and uh, just how, like, you know, the fact that, um, you know, the structures and the mechanisms of where do you go, just even having the freedom to feel like you could go and talk about the fact that you're anxious or depressed or whatever mm -hmm. else, like, like, you know, I don't know, I, I like, I'm, I'm just thinking like in Africa, you know, you, you worked with me in, in West Africa in the, in the rainforest, you know, and, and there, you know, if a, if a husband is having, having a problem with his wife, she's mm -hmm. just, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, yeah. not functioning well and doing her part for the family and, you know, bleed, you know, not, not growing the garden to help feed the kids or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and uh, not washing the clothes. Now, you know, we can get into all oh, that's a patriarchal thing. Well, I, uh, that's not what I'm talking about because mm -hmm. the women also ha are, have recourses. The men, you know, the men will go see an old woman and say, well, I don't know what to do, you know. Mm -hmm. And the old woman say, well, I I'm going to go talk to her, mm -hmm. you know. And then she goes, mm -hmm. shows up in the courtyard someday when yeah. he's at the field and talks. Right. Or the woman, you know, her, her recourse is if the husband's being very uh, brutal and, and belligerent or whatever, she just, 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 he goes to the field one day and she just packs up the bag and takes the kids and go, goes back to mom and dad's. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. he's got to go back to mom and dad's and explain, you know, send yeah. somebody to demand for, forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And uh, whether he means it or not, he's got to demand forgiveness. And then he has to go and hear what the problems are, you know, mm -hmm. about what, and the family will evaluate whether she, whether they feel their daughter has a legitimate grievance or not and yeah. if they don't they will correct her but if they feel she has a legitimate grievance they'll talk to that husband and mm -hmm. and uh, work that out and negotiate that and then and then mm -hmm. and then he'll go home and then the, the mom and dad mm -hmm. they won't even just well maybe they do in some cases but the more traditional thing is they don't just send her home with him if they feel they got to work mm -hmm. her. he then goes back home by himself again mm -hmm. and then in a few days whenever they feel the family feels that he is, has had acceptable amount of time to think about his error, then they'll yeah. come back and bring their daughter and, and mm -hmm. grandchildren back to him yeah. as if to say, okay, now, now that you've heard, and now that you've had time to reflect and understand, yeah. now we will bring her back to you. But right. until that point, they won't. Right. Yeah. And sometimes that process could be a day or two, that could be a week, but sometimes that process can be several months. If it's a, right. they yeah. feel it's a real grievous offense. You've seen that, eh? Yeah. But here we are in the West, like a, <clears throat> 
And uh, you know, and we 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 you know we have this uh, idea that just because I'm a, I'm a female, if I birth a child, I have all the natural skills automatically of how to raise children when yeah. when they're difficult or whatever, mm -hmm. or or you know I well you know you know I, I'm a married man, so I just automatically know how to how to interact with my wife and a female because I'm born you know mm -hmm. as mm -hmm. as men you know we, you know who get married we just naturally know how to work mm -hmm. out a marriage, or as a woman you know I naturally mm -hmm. know how to live with a man and. And, uh, and and you and I both know that's just not there. Those are learned, acquired skills mm -hmm. that involve our character, that involve uh, practice mm -hmm. over time. And, and with experience, we get to understand the coping mechanisms and dealing mechanisms. Yeah. But, but a tremendous failure in our culture, like where do young people go to get advice on marriage, like, 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 you know what I mean? Like, like, who, who do they talk to about the big struggles of life anymore? Who are, who are the, the, the wisdom holders in our culture, you know? And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Not as active in Africa. You're right. There's, they, I mean, they have some things we could learn from, and that I'll never forget one, one time when a, um, uh, one of the men in the church uh, was accused of spending more time with somebody else's wife than his own or something and right. the whole thing got discussed in the church service yeah you know as yeah. to who was going to be and where he was going to be and yeah. whether he would go by that other person's courtyard or not not yeah the whole and, church uh, agreed yeah, on it it's like wow okay well they set some boundaries for them pretty quick and you know but you're right we we are isolated yeah. and and left yeah. to our own devices and we don't have those skills yeah. when we start marriages and yeah. start having families yeah and, and, and who do we even grant the right to anymore? For example, in like that story you just said of Africa, a young man or a, a young woman, yeah. like today, it's like nobody has a right to tell me what to do. But like even us as young people having a disposition and when an older lady that we respect or, mm -hmm. or, or somebody says, Approaches, you know what? Yeah. You keep hanging around with that guy like that, mm -hmm. something's going to happen. Yeah. That's the law of averages, and yeah. we and I've seen that happen twenty times in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. And we just say, well, you know, keep 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 that to yourself. It's none of your business what I do with my life. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. I, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to make, but you know what I'm saying? Like like uh, mm -hmm. like in our culture, is there anybody that we even allow to speak into our life like that? And, yeah. And and not just anybody has a right to do that, but no. I mean, there's people we should respect, but. But I think a lot of times we, we la actually lack the mechanisms in our culture and our society and our family units yeah. of people who, 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 who you know, this, this ethos of where, where we seek input and we respect them. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean we always agree or do what they say, no. but yet we, but, but we give them an honored hearing out and consider what, what yeah. they say and go, hey, yeah. maybe, maybe I do make, need to mm -hmm. change some things here. Mm -hmm. and, and uh, I think I don't know. I just I just kind of feel like uh, you know we're all left out on a rope, and then we get into stress, and then well, you know. And you're right. There is a fierce <laughs> independence there that people develop. And but you know the good news is uh, nobody tells you what to do. The bad news is nobody tells you what to do. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> it's you, both sides. No. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it is yeah. kind of <laughs> yeah. catch twenty two for us. But I I think that uh, you know historically there is people in our in our culture that. Uh, are considered wisdom holders. You know, maybe people like myself who who are in the profession of mental health are one of those sources. But I, I'm thinking about families and how you know parents continue. Like mm -hmm. I think we were chatting last night about having to say certain things to our kids that 
if we're not going to say it, who the heck would? Nobody yeah. else would help them or correct them because yeah. uh, you know they don't feel it's their place or it's plight or whatever in our culture. Yeah. But parents have that responsibility to mm -hmm. to speak the truth in love. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, that was good. Okay. I think we'll wrap we're it done. up. We're at a 30-minute session oh this morning, soul. and uh, so uh, thanks for listening in to the Invisible Humanitarian podcast today. But I, I, I do feel I need to confess with honesty that the real reason why we're stopping isn't because Milton doesn't have more to offer. Um, we're going to pause this podcast and go into my personal session where he's going to fix me for my anxiety <laughs> and my belligerence and my broken relationships. And oh, uh, and uh, he's only offered me an hour and a half, so he needs a good hour on me yeah. here. So, so yeah. I'm going now. <laughs> anyway, thanks for your time this morning, Milton. Yeah. yeah. Rabbi Shammai was approached by a guy who's asking the exact same question. And nobody tells the story that the Talmud says that next, Shammai beats the man with a stick. <laughs> What's circumcision? <laughs> yeah, first time I asked mom what a virgin was, and all the adults in the kitchen yeah. went silent. But what kind Clyde, of surgeon? Uh, a rocket surgeon. <laughs> Very excited about that. <laughs> We want you to be our rabbi. Well, okay. Rabbi Herding. Jesus <laughs> told me I'm not to insist that men call me rabbi. Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you still here? You must be a real sucker for punishment. Thank you for listening to the Invisible Humanitarian podcast today. Check out our website at theinvisiblehumanitarian.ca or check us out on our Facebook page. Please subscribe to us and leave us a good rating on your favorite podcast subscriber. And please, whatever you do, tell all your crazy friends about this podcast. <laughs>